Morning, new episode, Second String Podcast. Welcome back, folks. Today, Monday, May 24th. I cannot believe May's already over. That's kind of fucking crazy. I feel like just started. My birthday's mid-May, so usually the month goes by pretty quick. My birthday was already 10 fucking days ago. I feel like I celebrated that two days ago. Crazy. Almost June. Massive. I fucking hate. It's not even technically summer yet, but I hate that point in the summer and it happens every year. It feels like it's kind of already happening where you you like take a step back and you look at the calendar one day and you're kind of like, oh shit, we're, it's already like fucking 4th of July or whatever. Like we already are down to two more months of nice weather. Like here I am. It's already June. What? It's already June. Like I know we got the whole summer ahead of us, but it's already June. It felt like it was cold this year. I know the winter wasn't that bad. It felt like the weather, or it feels like the weather sucked for like eight months. It's already June. Like June, July, August. September's great, I guess. So like four months, and then it's like batting down the fucking hatches again, I guess. Like it's already June, man. Bugs. Bugs, that sucks. Is what it is, though. The weather's been fucking great. May is, shout out to May. Best month ever. And I'm not just saying that because it's my birth month. Just a fucking, it has everything. It has nice weather. And not to mention, not only does it have nice weather, but it has nice weather after the night's been the darkest. After all the shit weather, it gives you the first taste of summer. There's something to be said for that. It hits a little bit different the first few times. So that's a big part of May. Everyone's starting to get the summer going. You're starting to travel everyone's got their front their their new shoes their fresh outfits everyone's looking good everyone's kind of coming back out everyone's get hitting the town everyone wants to bang suck face get your number i'll give you mine it's a beautiful month sports are entering the prime nba playoffs nhl playoffs baseball's going on which is fine um <laughs> and then there's not much football if there was football in may it'd be absolutely unfair but beautiful month i can't believe it's already almost june Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. Great, 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 great weekend of sports. That was kind of the one thing that was a little bit of a bummer for me this weekend. It was like, you know, first, second weekend in Michigan that the weather's been real nice. And it's like, on one hand, I want to go outside and be outside and and bounce around the city and do stuff all day. On the other hand, there are sports on all day and I want to watch all of them. Like, this is a very difficult situation. Saturday took my talents out on the town. But Sunday, it was like, damn, it's 80 and sunny. I've been waiting fucking six months for it to be 80 and sunny. And now all I want to do is sit on my couch and watch basketball and hockey. That seems a little fucked up. No, it seems like it is a little fucked up. So that's the only tough part. Got to find a way to balance. I need to figure out. It's tough. I'm still at my parents. So investing in this or doing it. A, you know, probably don't even have a setup to do it to begin with, but the thought has crossed my mind. I want to try to put a little outdoor television watching area. I was sitting there like there's got to be a way to combine these. Like I need to be able to enjoy this weather while also just sitting watching, you know, whatever, basketball, a movie, even hockey, whatever. And then easy answer, get a little cover, get a little sun, sun coverage, throw a TV outside and you're good to go. Issue is that costs money. That costs time. I'm at my parents. Like, is it worth it? I don't fucking know. I don't think so. As long as I'm here, I don't know. So it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. 
either way, hope you guys are, are soaking up the weather. I love summertime. Let's get into it a little bit. So here's kind of my idea for this week. I do want to do a Pistons recap. So this one's, I'm going to change up the schedule a bit. This one's Monday. We'll have Tuesday. I'm going to take Wednesday off. All right. We're still going to do four episodes a week. Wednesday will be the off day and then Thursday, Friday, and we'll see how that goes. Um, I do want to do a Pistons episode, just kind of recapping and looking forward, especially while basketball is still going on and it's still kind of relevant. I may ask, see if I can get a guest on. Our friend Nick Henkel would be ideal. We'll see. I may shoot some messages out, see what happens. But I think I'm going to do that Thursday or Friday. That'll come out later in the week. And then there is a little bit of Detroit sports. I mean, the Tigers have bounced back a little bit. I don't know, you know, how much there is to talk about there other than the pitching's been good. Like, I don't know how much I really want to talk about there. Nothing on the Lions and then the Red Wings. There is some funny, you know, Connor McDavid. He's leaving Edmonton because they fucking suck and can't figure it out for him. Connor McDavid would look great in the winged wheel. I'm just saying it. I'm just saying it. Connor McDavid would look so fucking good in red and white, playing for an original six team the way it's supposed to be. Hockey Town, McJesus. Can you imagine? Can you think of a more perfect pairing? Hockey Town and the greatest in the game right now. Oh my God, he would look stellar in the red and white. The way he's got the red hair going, he's got the strawberry blonde thing going. The way the red would accent that hair, my God, my God, this guy, this guy's game would double overnight. Punchable social, fucking watch out, baby. Connor McDavid's in the house. I mean, he'd love it in Detroit too. There's parks, outdoor activities, lakes. I'm sure he likes water. Who doesn't like water? Motor City. He probably is into cars and shit too. What a beautiful pairing Detroit and Connor McDavid would be. Just a thought. Just a thought. Ken Holland as a little, you know, we're going to deal McDavid anyway because he hates it here because we're a joke. May as well repay Detroit for keeping you employed for 20 years or whatever it is. How about you deal him here? I'll give up a, a bunch of you here. Larkin, take him. Um, Zadina, have him. First, take it. Two first, fine. Give the fucking Hronik, sure. Give the house for Connor McDavid. Give the house for Connor McDavid. We'll draft more players. We can sign more players. Stevie Wise, a brilliant dude. He'll figure it out. He would look damn good in the winged wheel. You know, you know how much those guys, these these top tier hockey guys that grow up and spend their whole lives eating, breathing, and shitting hockey. You know how much it means for those guys to play for original six teams. Edmonton's fine. It's a Canadian team, sure. Gretzky played there right up. I mean, he left too. It's only right, Connor. You follow in the footsteps of the greats. You give them a couple seasons. They thank you for spending your time with them, and then you move on to the big boy league. You move on to the real deal. You come to Detroit. You bring a Stanley Cup back to an original six team. You team up with one of the most legendary sports figures in the history of Detroit, in the history of the NHL, in the history of the Red Wings. He's the GM. You're the captain. You team up. You bring a Stanley Cup to Detroit. You go down in in history forever because I'll tell you this. You're not just bringing one Stanley Cup to Detroit, Connor. You're bringing a handful. Now you enter the debate, Gordy Howe, Steve Eiserman, Fedorov, Connor McDavid, when you talk about the hockey town greats. And when you talk about Connor McDavid, you can't leave out. You can't. Guys that have legendary legacies and careers with original six teams, they just hit different. It means more. It means a little bit more. 
It's like how they always say Duke, North Carolina. It just means more. Fucking that's exactly original six means more. Edmonton's great. I'm sure it's a beautiful place. I've never been. I like Canada. I like the cities I've been to in Canada. It just means more when you're wearing an original six sweater. It just means more. I'm sorry. Hockey Town, Detroit, one of the most legendary franchises in the league. Another franchise, too, where obviously we have the legacy and the legend behind it already, but, man, is it just so much better for the NHL, for leagues, for casual fans when the Red Wings are good? They're one of those brands. They they prevail nationally. They come through Canada. They, they're everywhere. The Red Wings go play a fucking series in Vancouver and half the, half the stadium's wearing red, right? They're down in they're in LA at 10:30 on a weeknight and the Red Wings tune in. It's fucking outstanding. Anywhere they go. You see Wing Will, Connor McDavid, Detroit Red Wings. Think about it. Ken, Stevie, Connor, think about it. The other thing I wanted to talk about today, two things. Um one, Drake, Drake, legend of the game, awarded artist of the decade. Artist of the decade? Talk about a dynasty. That's like, I didn't even, since when is that an award? Artist of the decade? Hey, man, you're just, you've just ruled for the last 10 years. Here's a fucking trophy for it. Since when is that an award? Artist of the decade? Jesus Christ, Drake. What a legend. Artist of the decade. We'll do that in the next segment. I also wanted to talk about the sports games that have been going on. Um, I mentioned it. I kind of spent a lot of my Sunday watching basketball, watching hockey, just fucking soaking in crowd noise, soaking in fan excitement, just what it must feel like to be back at games. What I imagine it's like, what it's like watching people at games on TV, dude. It is crazy how much more fun it is to watch sports when there are fans there. Like not even comparable. Honestly, I know over the quarantine and when sports were all off, it was like, oh my God, I'll do anything to watch any sports. I felt that I was watching reruns of every fucking team known to Michigan. I was watching reruns of everybody. So I felt that where it's like, just give me anything. But man, after watching these hockey games, after watching these basketball games where there are just 15,000 people in these arenas and the crowd noise and the excitement and the tension and even the players, like you can feel the player's energy level is just boosted through the roof by the fans. I mean, obviously now it's tough to say because it's like uh, it's an uncontrolled experiment. We don't have one independent variable. We have two. It's playoffs and there are fans. Like, is it super intense? Is it super rowdy and just feels different because of the playoffs? Or is it because there's 15,000 fans going nuts on every possession? Or is it both? I think it's a little bit of both, but for me, I, the fans, it's like 80, 20 fans. It's crazy how much different it is watching sports on television with fans there. It's crazy. It makes it hard to believe that we were doing it for so long before, like a year. I mean, that's not that long, but it feels crazy that we were watching hockey games just with no one there. How? How is that possible? We were watching basketball games with no one there when Steph Curry makes three threes in a row and there's just no one there to react, we are like getting up for it. That seems fucking crazy to me. It's, it is shocking how much better 
all of the products are with fans in the buildings. It's like fun. I love sports regardless, but man, it is fun. It's like a next level fun when there are fans there. It it kind of abolishes like the the idea of like, oh, I kind of want the Knicks to win or I kind of want the Hawks to win or whatever. It's like I just want them to both do, keep doing cool shit so then the fans can go crazy and then I can kind of go crazy with them even though I'm not there and get excited and just back and forth, back and forth until whatever, someone will win. But, like, just keep giving me cool shit. I don't really care who wins. I don't I don't care who makes any shots. I just want more stuff to happen that instigates the fans getting crazy, throwing hot dogs, chugging beers, making noise. That's all I was rooting for. That Knicks-Hawks game yesterday was so fun to watch. So fun to watch. That was the number one thing where it was like, this is, I can't believe we've been doing it without the fans. And hockey's been great too. I think hockey, more than any other sport, really does benefit from the fans. I mean, the Carolina-Nashville series, the Florida series, fucking Florida just never acknowledged COVID. They're just packing their arenas. Like, hockey takes a different life when there are fans there because the beautiful thing about hockey it's the only sport where, A, it's nonstop. I mean, soccer's like this, too. It's nonstop and everything. But hockey, when there are whistles, when there are stoppages, it's the only sport where that it gets more exciting or, or there is something to be excited about when the whistle blows. Baseball, there's no whistles, but there's boring stoppages. Football, the, the huddles are boring. Basketball, the fucking constant reviews and timeouts. They kill the game. They kill the momentum. They kill the fun and the experience. Hockey, whistle blows. All right, that kind of stinks. That you know, stoppage in play. But hold on, these four guys are about to rip each other's heads off, and nothing fuels that more. Now the fans are right up there, fucking spitting, yelling, banging on the glass. Fifteen thousand are waving the towels because their guy just beat the other team's ass. Like. Hockey with these fans, man, it hits different when there's scoring chances. It hits different, obviously, when there's goals. It hits different, really, in all circumstances. I love watching sports with fans there. And another thing, another big thing about it, I know it's a cliche, like, people say when players, whatever, players have antics or hold out or whatever, which players totally have a right to do. People say, oh, you know, they'd be nothing without fans. They, they, The fans pay their bills, which in a way it's like, all right, shut up. But also these last few games, the last like week of sports has very much so, at least to me, I don't know. I hope it's getting through to important people like the commissioners of these leagues and owners of these teams like, the fans really are so valuable to these sports. Like, forget paying for the tickets. Forget buying jerseys. Forget all that. Forget watching the games on television. In one facet alone, it's been shocking how, how much different these games are with them. Just when you can get 15,000 people in the building, the product of your game is 100 times better. Like, we we should never again, I don't know if we ever have, but sports in general, fans, media, whoever, I hope never again underestimate the value of fans. And it's not even the entire value of fans. Forget buying the jerseys. 
Forget the revenue from buying tickets. Never underappreciate fans and just the fact, money aside, what they bring to the game. I know the game's about two teams and a bunch of absurd athletes playing basketball or playing hockey. I know that's what it's about. But never discredit or, again, lose lose sight of how much value the fans bring to it. The, the entertainment and fun level of these games. Oh, my God. Like Madison Square Garden yesterday, I just wanted to be there. I don't give a shit about the Knicks. I don't care if they win or lose. I just wanted to go hang out. I just wanted to be anywhere in the building. I just wanted to be anywhere where I could fucking feel that energy. Even if I could stand outside MSG, if you were just standing, I don't know, Times Square, so they probably got screens playing the games. If you could just stand out there and watch the game, it's got to feel different. It's got to feel different. The place, it didn't even look like a basketball. I mean, that now, obviously, a little bit of an analogy here because no shit, a basketball game was being played. But it didn't, it wasn't like, oh, that's cool, like cool sporting event, great game, which it was. It was like, dude, Madison Square Garden right now looks like an absolute party. No one, it's like they're just there to have a, like, have a good time. It was almost, it was a great game. And the Knicks were, you know, keeping it close, keeping it exciting, giving the fans things to get fired up about, which was awesome. But it was like, to me, they didn't even feel like it was about the Knicks and the game at times. Obviously, first time the Knicks have been in the playoffs in like eight or nine years or whatever, but it felt like a celebration of getting back to basketball, getting back to fans, getting back to like legendary venues like MSG, like hopefully Staples Center is going to be, like some of these hockey arenas, how I like if the jail was still around. It felt like a celebration of getting back to what makes sports truly special the fans, the atmosphere, the energy, getting back to, listen, I love watching sports on TV. It's great. But getting back to and celebrating being in the building when cool shit happens, being there, feeling it, adding to the moment when crazy shit goes down in sports, when the reason we love sports happens, it felt like a celebration of fans. Honestly, it was like, let's just have a fucking party. And oh yeah, the Knicks are going to play while they were doing it. It was so fun to watch. Fucking, they, I, I can't remember, someone, it was in the fourth, maybe Burks made a shot, I don't know, there was a big shot and then a timeout, and they started playing, uh, I think it was like maybe jump around or something, and just everyone in MSG was just living it up, dude. It was like a nightclub, just, uh, jump around, woo, no one's even, it's high fives and everyone's just dancing. Like, forget about the basketball game for a second. Spike Lee's down there on the bait or on the court, just hitting like a two-step shuffle. Tracy Morgan's breaking it down. Like they're paying into celebrities. It was so fun to watch. It was almost the basketball game was great. And Trey Young, by the way, fucking ice cold. I mean, that guy, disgusting. The ple- it's quiet as fucking here. Oh, that was disgusting. I, that's a guy I would kill to be a fan of. When he hit the it's quiet as fucking here, bro, it is quiet as fuck. You're right, Trey. It was quiet as fuck in there. That's a guy I want to root for, and that's a guy, if you're a Knicks fan, you probably hate. But the game aside, I was like, I was having more fun just like – taken in the scenes, taken in Madison Square Garden. Again, they haven't been in the playoffs in eight, nine years. I was 16 last time they were there. I was 15. I don't really have a crystal clear memory of Madison Square Garden being kind of crazy. 
getting up. My memory of Madison Square Garden is all these people on TV who are 40 and 50 telling me how it's the Mecca, telling me how, how Madison Square Garden is, is the zenith of basketball. That's like my idea of Madison Square Garden being cool is people telling me how it's cool. I've never actually witnessed it be cool. Madison Square Garden's reputation is, oh, this dude that works for ESPN told me when he was 12 and went to the game, it was fun. Oh, okay. That was like the first time in my life I've ever watched and seen Madison Square Garden just be awesome. Like I said, forget the basketball game. It looked like a party. I just wanted to go hang out there. I wanted to break it down a little bit. I wanted to crack a joke with Tracy Morgan. I wanted to throw on a fucking, I don't know, Latrell Sprewell jersey and 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 throw a couple high fives, dude. I, who cares about basketball? I just wanted to be in the building and feel it. That was very fun to watch. Probably my favorite part of the sports weekend. And again, like it's tough to say, obviously anywhere, it's probably just everyone's starving. Like if the Pistons were playing a regular season game with max capacity and it was a great game, LCA probably would have been fun. Like everyone just wants to be back in these buildings. But it was cool, Madison Square Garden. Again, like I said, first really experience for me watching where firsthand I'm like, oh, wow. MSG is sweet. Like New York's probably a really fun place to play basketball versus, oh, New York's a cool place to play because Stephen A. Smith told me this story about how when he was 21, um, there was a playoff game there. Okay, Stephen, I was negative 30 when that happened, right? So it was cool to see it with my own eyes, experience it, and coming off there, coming off, you know, fans not being in arenas for the last year. Very serendipitous, good moment for MSG in New York and the Knicks. Obviously, they lost, which blows, but it was very fun as a fan. I fucking love fans at games, man. It oh, it was very fun to watch. All right, quick break, quick break, quick break. That's really all the sports I got this week. Like, I don't want to do a ton of sports. Again, you know, I talked a little bit McDavid Red Wings. I don't know. And I want to do the Pistons later this week, so maybe I'll do that. But um quick break then we'll do the drake decade rapper of the decade or artist of the decade again how is that even real that's fucking crazy and then tomorrow we're gonna do another kind of like the history of ice just mind-boggling facts thing i think and then maybe a movie or something else we'll see we'll see all right quick break we'll be back with drake establishing himself as the greatest dynasty in the history of competition maybe quick break we'll be right back Drizzy, Drizzy, yeah, yeah, six, 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 Drake. That was some pretty good ad libs. Drake, if you need a guy, I'm available. Decade or no, artist of the decade. Hot, I don't even know where to start. Artist of the decade. I can, what does that got to feel like? Artist, hey, you're the best. Not only were you the best this year, the last 10 years, Drake, you're the best, just unstoppable. Artist of the decade? Since when is that a fucking award? First. Second, how the hell has Drake been around this long already? So Far Gone came out in 2009. This dude's been around for 12 years? Why does he still look like he's 30? Why do, in my brain, I'm like, oh, Drake's still, like, kind of new on, not new on the scene, but, like, 
very much in his prime, very much like not, when I think of Drake, I'm not like, oh, that dude's been around forever. I'm just like, oh, yeah, Drake. I don't know. Prime, like a couple, like five years. I don't know. This dude's been around for 12 years. Music wise, I don't know when the hell Degrassi was. This dude's been around for 12 years. And he feels like, oh, yeah, well, I don't, he's not an old guy. He's not been around for that long. 12 fucking years. Also, 12 years. Oh, boom. Instantly. That the decade you've been here, you've just been the best. Unreal, Drake. Kudos to you, Aubrey. That is crazy to me. Talk about a fucking dynasty. Talk about a goddamn dynasty. The Pats, when they did it, they only won, what, six out of like 13 or six out of 12? That's not that's not sweeping a 10-year span. They may be the greatest dynasty to ever do it. The Red Wings had a bit of a dynasty there. They only won, what, four, three cups? Three cups in like 10 years? That's not even close to what Drake's doing. This dude has the greatest dynasty in the history of competition. Fucking artist of the year. How old is he? How old is Drake? He, My guess, I'm going to look it up right now. My guess, 35. And he's just the greatest. <laughs> this dude's just the greatest to do it at 35. He's 34. Are you fucking kidding me? This guy's 34. Are you kidding me? That's what I'm saying. This dude, it's like, oh, yeah, Drake's, like, very young, very much so kind of like, I don't want to say new, but, like, yeah, just normal. That guy's been here forever. My Half my life, it's like, oh, yeah, Drake, he's a household name for half of my life? What? Are we sure about that? That seems ludicrous to me that he's been around for half my life. That seems insane. Best I ever had, 2009. That seems insane. Woo! Shout out to you, Drake. That sneeze was for you, brother. That seems ludicrous to me. The video that he put out was so fucking sick, too. Just talking about how everyone wanted wanted to bring him down. Oh, I'll never make it. And the narrative keeps changing. Please watch the video if you haven't. Right up my alley as far as, like, the mentality shit and, and people I'm into and fans of and follow. Very much so aligned with that where it's like, out at first like you this guy's never gonna make it this fucking the dude from Degrassi what do you mean he's gonna be a rapper oh no he's too soft oh no he's too soft they won't take him seriously as a rapper he's too soft too much R&B and it's like oh all right he had one song he won't do two all right he had a couple songs he can't do it he can't make another album oh all right uh like they just keep looking for excuses and by the end it's like the last excuse like man what a lucky guy and Drake's like what the what about this is luck Facts, Drake. Talk your shit, man. You know, I don't can't think of a better platform to talk all the shit in the world and just shove it down the face of everyone who hated on you than the the academy or I don't know, the all your peers turning to you and being like, um, yeah, you're just by far the best to do it <laughs> over the last decade. That's fucking crazy. That's fucking crazy. And the 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 scary part is, I feel like he's just not even close to being done. That's what I mean by, like what I was saying, he's been around for 12 years, but it doesn't feel like a dude who's been around that long. Like, cause I think it is because it's like, oh, Drake is still not even close to being done. Unless one day he's like, all right, I have a trillion dollars. 
I still like making music, but I'd rather just sit on the beach and drink Mai Tais and watch the Raptors all day. I'm going to call it. Like, unless that day comes, if he wants to keep making music, the dude still got his fastball. I swear to God, every time Drake puts out a single, it's just the song of the summer. Anytime the guy puts out a single after a week, it's like 500 million streams on Spotify. The dude is a juggernaut of music. The dude is a juggernaut of business. The dude is a juggernaut of like every aspect of what everyone should thrive to be of making money off of who you are, off of branding yourself, off of working for yourself, off of doing what you like. The dude is the actual apex of like what every human should be doing. In my opinion, doing what you love, figuring out how to make money off of it, being yourself and like, you know, branding that to the consumer, like being your own business. Like Drake is just a fortune 500 company. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Drake is just a four fortune 500 company. That guy is just worth general motors. Are you kidding me, brother? Are you kidding me? You know what the other sat, not sad, but again, another just like scary of what he could be. I was reading one time. It was back when Travis Scott announced that deal with McDonald's. And I was wa- or I was hanging out with my friend and we were like, why doesn't Drake just sign every endorsement in the world? Like, bro, just sign a deal with Nike and they'll give you a billion. They're giving LeBron a bill. They should give Drake half a bill, like at least. Sign a deal with Nike. Boom. All right. Sign a deal that he did Burger King. Sign a deal with Taco Bell. <laughs> they'll give you half a mil. Like, this guy could be... It's so fucking rich just endorsing and his he just doesn't want to. He's like, eh, I, I'm just going to keep it exclusive. Like he just refuses to do endorsements, refuses to do deals because he just would rather be exclusive. He'd rather just keep his brand to himself. What a fucking power move. Is there more of a big dick swinging power move? Like I am so rich and powerful and have such a great life. Half a bill, eh than turning down turning down money at just easy. Like, think about how easy that money would be. Oh, my God. All right, Drake, f- once a month, post a picture of you eating a Crunchwrap Supreme. Bro, what? He could just do that and get so much fucking money from it. And instead, he's like, no, dude, I'm way too cool for Taco Bell. Who's too cool for Taco Bell? Drake is too cool for Taco Bell. That's who. Who in the world is too cool for Taco Bell? If I knew anyone, if any of my friends fucking texted me one day and were like, hey, man, I'm quitting my day job. Um, I just signed an endorsement deal with Taco Bell. Free crunch wraps for the boys for life. I'd be like, you're the coolest person I've ever met. I'd be like, I don't. Are you sure you still want to be friends with me? Like Drake for Drake winning uh, artist of the decade is maybe close to his zenith for me. Signing a deal with like Taco Bell or with Cheez-Its. That's the zenith of my existence. Like you fucking signed a deal with Taco Bell. You're telling me Saturday at 2 a.m. when we go after the bars, like you just give them the black card and they give you all the fucking Mexican food you want. And Drake's just turning his nose up to that power move. Biggest power move I could possibly think of. Also, this dynasty, imagine. So the Pats, all these dynasties in sports. They're doing it against X number of teams. They're doing it against 30 other teams. Drake is doing this against 
a thousand people. Like, I don't know how many fucking musicians are there out there. How many musicians are out there? How many like big time musicians out there were like, let's say they have over three, 300,000 Instagram followers. How many over a thousand? The field that this guy works against is so preposterously big. It's even more just nuts that this guy's been dominating for 10 years. This guy's been dominating for 10 years and he's right. Um, of the, the amount of hate, I think everyone now, or at least everyone with a brain, whether you love them, hate them, whatever, at least to a certain extent, you have to bow down to just be like, this guy's a genius. And the fact like what Drake's become from that fucking, <laughs> the wheelchair dude on Degrassi is crazy. And I think certainly people in the music game are just bend the knee and are like, this guy's unreal. It is fucking absurd the field he works against like, Hey, you're coming out. Listen, you want to be the best quarterback to ever play in the NFL. They always show you those statistics in high school that your chance is one in however many thousand, what are the chances of being the best musician over the span of 10 years? Fucking zero, like literally zero one over infinity, literally zero. What are the chances anyone does that over 10 years? Think about how many huge, huge names there are in music. Taylor Swift is massive. Beyonce's huge. Billie Eilish, the fucking Biebs, brother. You want to go rap Little Wayne, Eminem, man. The Weeknd's huge. Post Malone's a rock star, brother. Travis Scott? Travis Scott's one of the biggest cultural icons alive today. Drake just put these... Drake put all of them combined in a fucking casket over the span of 10 years. That's, that's inconceivable to me. The, and the craziest part about it all, this dude's just been running the music game for 10 years. He still, he puts out a song today, fucking number one, probably going to be a banger. Like that's the other thing. It'd be one thing if it's like, all right, kind of a, pay homage and the shit you do now kind of stinks Drake, but we recognize what you've done, bro. When this guy puts out music now, every time it's like, well, that's, I'm going to listen to that a thousand times this summer. Like the solid song. So many rooms, Hey, from miles away, so many rooms banger. You just put another one out with little baby. I haven't listened to it yet. I remember, remember when, uh, what was the one? I only love my bed and my mama. I'm sorry. What's the name of that song? I can't remember off the top of my head, but he, that one, I remember I was at state when that thing came out. You couldn't go to a party. You couldn't go to a bar. You couldn't go to a pregame without hearing that at least five times. You could not go anywhere without hearing it at least not. Oh, I heard it. It's going to get played fucking over and over again. And every time I only love my bed and my mom, everybody's just belting it. That dude's doing that shit still. He's been dominating the game for 10 years. Five years ago, he probably could have hung it up. And he's still like, fuck it. Let me just hypnotize the earth. Let me put this song out and hypnotize the planet for, for a month, for two months, for a summer. Fuck it. Dude's nuts. The dude is nuts. Artist of the decade? I can't believe they even give that shit out. They, give, they have an award for that. <laughs> like, do they have an award for that? Or were they just kind of looking around a few months ago and were like, dude, this Drake guy. Like, artist of the year is not doing it anymore. 
Like, we got to give this guy something better, bigger. We got to up the ante. And someone was like, artist of the decade? Like, did they just invent this award for him? It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. Like, the only people I could think of that are or were on this guy's level, like, like Taylor Swift or Bieber as of today. Um, but I see, again, I'm not a huge Taylor guy, so I don't really follow her as much. But I don't like Bieber. I don't think puts shit out on the level Drake does. Michael Jackson, RIP, like he was probably close to this just in terms of superstardom, like one-man business, just iconic. That's kind of it. Like Elvis, yeah, right? I don't know who else. The Beatles, like I don't know who else has been this. Like the guy's fucking nuts. Also, like not only is he a dog at music, he goes on SNL and he's the best host they have all season. He goes and does a sketch with Will Ferrell, and it's like, this guy's funny too. <laughs> this guy's funny too. How's that fair? How's that fair? Like you watch him, the Kinkos SNL commercial, Muy Loco Pinocchio. You watch that and you're like, dude, why didn't you just you did music? Why didn't you do comedy? Oh, wait. It's because you're the you're the artist of the decade. That's why you did music. What a fucking animal. This guy's a juggernaut of entertainment. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy. What a dynasty. We thought the Pats were impressive. Oh, the Yankees back in the day, the Canadians, bro. This guy's going against, he's one man going against a field of thousands of people dominating for 10 years. Not one year, not two, not five years. Artists of the decade. I cannot believe he's been around for 12 years too. And it feels like, I don't, it just doesn't feel like that. I don't know. It's because he just still puts out heat and still works and still is on features and all this shit. But it feels like he hasn't been around for 12 years. This dude's just been fucking killing the music game for 12 years. Unreal. Shout out to Drake. Shout out to Drake. I saw that today and I was like mind boggled. I was mind boggled at the fact they even have an award for 10 years. And I was mind boggled at the fact he's been around that long. And I was mind by the mind boggled by the fact he's been around that long and still puts out a song. And it's like, oh, this is the best song that's come out in a month. Like he, the, the, he's got the fucking Midas touch. Like he's got throw that line in the song, Drake. How about that? Oh, everything I touch is gold. Midas. I don't maybe that. I'm not a rapper, dude. I sit. I make podcasts. I try to be funny. I'm not a rapper. Unreal. All right, that's all I got today. Little MSG fans and stadiums fucking turn me up. And then Drake, artist of the decade, dynasty, man, dynasty. I'll be back tomorrow. Here's what we got tomorrow. So like I said, I'm going to do the Pistons later in the week. Friends and I talk, and I kind of want to do more of the history of the ice crazy shit. We're talking the great pyramids of Egypt or Giza, whatever the technical name is, the pyramids, though. You know what I'm talking about. How exactly? How? Um, and then again, another weekend thing. I was in Belle Isle. I don't know if I'll talk. I was in Belle Isle this weekend. Fucking why is that not way like 10 times cooler? It's a pretty cool spot. Detroit, city of Detroit, state of Michigan. Do you guys not realize you could just have one of the cooler city parks in the United States? Do they not understand that? Have they never been to the lakefront in Chicago? Have they never been to Zilker in Austin, Texas? Have they never been to a park? Like there's one I've seen Kate sessions in San Diego. Have they never been there or seen any of these places? Like 
why is Belle Isle not just the, the best park in America? right outside of Detroit. That's like the one thing when I came back from Austin and I did that podcast and was raving about the park. I said that I was like, that's the one thing Detroit's missing. We just don't have a sweet ass park. There's nowhere to go. If you don't want to bar hop and get drunk on a Saturday, there's nowhere to go. That's like outside and fun where everyone else is there. And it's just good vibes and music hanging out. We don't have that. We don't have a park. Belle Isle is begging to be that. All you have to do is cut the fucking grass. Oh my God. I might have to go into that tomorrow, but we'll see pyramids, maybe some Belle Isle. I'm going to Chicago this weekend. I love Chicago. Might just talk about Chicago for a bit. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe a movie in there. I don't know yet. And then Pistons. Anyways, that's all I got today. Appreciate everyone listening. Hope the weekends were fantastic all around. Um, I will talk to you guys tomorrow.